Pastor Dino is taking a sabbatical this week. He is up north uh, praying. He's not up north in the sun. He's not up north skiing. He's up north praying. We have a praying pastor. So how do you know? How many know that it's you know it's good for sometimes for the shepherd to get away, get quiet before the Lord. Amen. So um, we are blessed to have the gift of God tonight. Minister Cindy Cox to come forth and teach. So if you're hungry, I tell you what. When my, when my boss always says, "Bring your knife and fork," because it's going to rain. It's going to rain pork chops. So bring your knife and fork. It's going to rain healing power tonight. Amen. So let's give Minister Cindy Cox a warm welcome as she comes forth. Chops? How about filet? <laughs> That's my favorite. Okay. Oh, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be here. And I agree. I'm glad I have a pastor who prays. I'm glad I have a pastor who goes away to just be filled and prepared to minister to us as this Easter season comes. So we're excited about that. So Pastor Dino gave me a topic to teach on tonight, and I am so excited. Um, he's teaching on the fruits of the Spirit, and as he, he told me that he wanted me to teach on the fruit of joy. And last week, he asked me actually last Wednesday, or I got the email early in the morning, and I knew we had illness recovery at night, so I had to make a quick decision whether we were going to bring illness recovery here or, you know, separate for the night. And oh my goodness, I'm so glad that I invited Illness Recovery here because this message is for the body of Christ. But it's especially, I believe, for us that are in the position of preparing ourselves to receive the amazing gifts, gifts with an S, that Abba Father has for us. So get ready, get ready. Okay, real quick review of... Um, the Holy Spirit's power upon us, which is for power. The Holy Spirit upon us for power through the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. The, the healing and laying on of hands and miracles and words of knowledge and words of, of wisdom and prophetic words for us. Awesome. We love those, don't we? Every one of us, every one of us has seeds. I call them seeds of the Spirit. Implanted in us when we receive Jesus as our Savior. When we say, yes, Jesus, I want you to help me. I want to give up this thing called living on my own and give you control. When we do that, the seeds of the Spirit are planted in us. But they're in seed form, at least most of us, they are, in seed form. Maybe you have some that are a little more mature than others, but a lot of them are still kind of dormant in there. And what we're going to be talking about today is one of those particular seeds of the Spirit called joy. Now, before I talk about joy, this is a LBI little nugget that I have saved over the years. It's a really good one. And it's about cultivating those seeds of the Spirit, just like plants. When you plant a plant, you got to do some stuff to get it to grow. It needs sunlight. It needs water. It needs rich soil. It needs fertilizer. It needs food. Well, the seeds of the Spirit are the same. They need sunlight. Sunlight is what you're getting right here. Sunlight is that holy environment. Sunlight is being in the midst of a body of believers that agree with you. 
It doesn't even have to be a big body. It can be a faith friend. But it, you, we really need that. We all need that. And if you are isolated and not in that environment of, of believers that agree with you, those seeds may not be cultivated as richly as they could be. They probably won't be, period. Okay? So that's the first thing, sunlight. The second thing is water. And in the natural, of course, plants need water. The water that, that we need to cultivate those seeds is intimacy with God. Intimate time with your Father in prayer. That's what Pastor D's doing right now. We need our pastor to have that intimate time with God to be cultivated. So what's in him is cultivated to give. But we all need that, not just our pastor. We need that intimate time with God to have that watering. Time in prayer. Time listening to his voice. Time in worship. In, in this corporate setting, but also in your private life. Okay, so that's the second ingredient. The third ingredient is the food, the steak, the word. The word that we have available in this country, thank God, freely available, to, to feed on to our heart's content, and you can't overeat. So we have the word. We have the word that's amazing, and we have the word that... It's important that it, it's, we have good teaching of the word too. Life Christian Church is a safe place to get teaching of the word. So that's the third ingredient. So those three things you're going to see tonight as I talk about the fruit of joy, how those three things are woven into receiving the fullness of that fruit. So joy, the fruit of joy. Joyousness, gladness, it sounds really nice, but you may be in a position where you don't really feel joyness. You really don't feel gladness. You might be in a position where there's circumstances in your life. But joy doesn't just mean putting on a happy face like you're at a party. Joy is a choice. It's a choice that we make. And it's not something that's conditional upon circumstances. Okay? We're going to talk about the importance that joy is in the strength that it gives us in the midst of the circumstances. So joy is the strength that enables us to, to remain steadfast and unmovable, no matter what the circumstances are. So today is the first day of spring, right? You would never know it. We were watching the weather uh, on the weather station as we were... Um, getting a bite to eat, and it's like the west side of the state is just being dumped with snow. But today's the first day of spring. And when I got up and Kent said, 702, honey, 702, that's when spring comes. <laughs> and I forgot it's 702, but about 719, I was literally jumping up in joy saying, it's spring, it's spring, it's finally spring. Look at Lisa's rejoicing. How about you guys? Are you rejoicing? Yeah. You might not see it out there. You might not feel it out there. But it's spring. And, and we know that we know that we know whether the weather is 82 degrees like it was a year ago today or whether it's 26 or whatever it is out there now. We know spring is here. And we know that that, that warm temperature is here. It's going to be here. It's not here today, but it's going to be here within the next week or two or whatever. Stuff's going to get green. Stuff's going to grow. Spring's coming, right? Amen. Okay. Joy. You may be in the midst of circumstances 
Like today, it's cold. It doesn't feel like spring. You may be in circumstances where you don't feel like God's promises are for you. You may be in a position where you know what the word says, but you don't feel it. The fruit of joy is just like today. When we know spring is here, we know it. And because we know it, we're joyous. The fruit of joy is knowing God's word is true. And because you know his word is true, because he's faithful and you know his faithfulness, because you have that intimate relationship with him, because you are immersed in a body of believers who agrees with you, because you're fed by his promises, you're joyful. You're joyful while you're waiting for the answer to the prayer. You're joyful because you know it's a done deal, just like you know that spring is here and that the trees are going to be blossoming and flowers are going to be growing, right? Okay. I'm going to talk about three awesome things that are a result of the fruit of joy. Are you ready for some good news? Okay. The first one is that the fruit of joy brings strength. That's a good one. I think I already skipped my first scripture, but we're going to go right now to Nehemiah chapter 8. I hope you brought your Bible because I'm opening mine. So if you're in the book of Psalms and go backwards, you'll find Nehemiah. Before Job, here it is, Nehemiah 8. So this is in a season when the temple had been destroyed for a long time. And they were rebuilding the temple. Nehemiah was the governor during this time. And he got a word from the Lord to rebuild the walls. And he did in a very, very fast manner because it was God's timing. So the walls were rebuilt. And Ezra was the priest and the scribe. And Ezra, after the walls were built, after the the temple was restored... The people came, and they listened to the word. But there had been a dry season when they hadn't been in the word. There had been a season when they were backslidden. And when that word was read to them, they were really upset because they had been in this backslidden state. And they were in a, in a, in a it, it, the Bible says they were grieved and depressed. Let me read what the scripture says, and then we'll talk about it. This is verse 10. Then Ezra told them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet drink, and send portions to him for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. And be not grieved and depressed. For the joy of the Lord is your strength and your stronghold. How many of you have been in a place in your life where maybe you've backslidden or maybe you don't feel like you're good enough for God's word to be effective in your life? How many of you have been there? You know, we probably all have been. And you may have been in a position because of you, not because of God, because God has completely made you uh, into a place of righteousness if you know him, if you know Jesus as your Lord. But you may have put yourself in a position of being grieved or being depressed or feeling unworthy. God says, no. God says, no. Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet drink, rejoice, rejoice. Be not grieved and depressed, for the joy of the Lord 
is your strength and your stronghold. Joy equals strength. Great joy equals great strength. Little joy equals little strength. And no joy equals no strength. Kent and I were talking at dinner about this, and and I said, honey, how many times, not here at life, because you guys are so well-fed, but how many times in the world do you see people who are going through circumstances and there is no joy anywhere around them? You see the, the, the depression. You see the grieving. You see the, the, the strife or the stress. You just see it on their face. You see it in their body language. But God says, no. My joy will rise up in you. And it will give you strength. This is a message about healing. This is a message of the fruit of the spirit of joy. But it is a message that God has for us for healing. The next scripture I'd like to share is Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah 60. At the very beginning of the chapter, verse 1. God tells us again. Arise from the depression and the prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. Shine. Be radiant with the glory of the Lord. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and dense darkness all peoples. But the Lord shall arise upon you, O Jerusalem. That's his chosen ones, and that's me, that's you as well. And his glory shall be seen on you. And nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. So in this word, God is repeating what he said in, um, in Nehemiah. He's saying, rise up. Don't be grieving. Don't be in this place of prostration. Rise and shine. Rise and shine with the glory of the Lord. For your light has come and the glory The glory, the manifest presence of God has risen upon you. Now, that's for God's kids. Now, in the world, that's not true. Behold, darkness shall cover the the earth and dense darkness all peoples. But the Lord shall arise on you and on me and others. The nations will come. They'll see that light and they'll want your light. And you'll be able to share your light. That's why on Easter Sunday, we've got that, those little cards that say, when only a miracle will do for you to pass out. You're the light. You're the shining light. People see you in the work environment, and they say, what's different about my friend? Why are they so happy all the time? You know? What's in them? Well, it's the Holy Spirit joy. It's the fruit of the Spirit that you have cultivated. And we want to bring them here so they can catch it, so they can seek it and find it because we know it's available. So arise from the depression, arise from prostration, shine with the glory of the Lord. Would you turn to Habakkuk? I'm going to some really hard books to find. Okay, if you go to Matthew and go backwards just a little bit, you'll find Habakkuk. Maybe. There it is. It's only like three pages long. 
This is a favorite scripture. My, my friends in illness recovery have heard this many times. I love this scripture. I'm going to start with verse 17. Though the fig tree does not blossom and there is no fruit on the vines, though the product of the oil fails and the fields yield no food, though the flock is cut off from the fold and there are no cattle in the stalls, sounds like bad news, doesn't it? Okay, lack, maybe loss of job, maybe house that is foreclosed, maybe, uh, I don't know, uh, problems with relationships, problem with health, whatever. Lots of problems, though. Though all those things may happen, verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the victorious of God of my salvation. And that word exult means joy. I will joy in the glorious works, the victorious works, not the glorious, not just the glorious. What is victory, guys? What is victory? Winning. Taking back what the enemy tried to steal. Victory. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the victorious God of my salvation. And here we are. The Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery, and my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet and will make me to walk, not stand still in terror, but to walk and make spiritual progress upon my high places of trouble, suffering, or responsibility. Joy equals strength. God's strength, not our own. God's strength in us. This uh, scripture refers to hind's feet. And I learned, this is amazing to me, that hind is another name for deer. And the way that they, that they, that they run is their front feet make a, you know, make, make a print. And their hind feet go exactly in the print of their forefeet. And the reason that happens is because that way they're sure-footed. And they won't falter. And, they, and this last part of the verse says, um, will make me to walk and make spiritual progress upon my high places. Now, I like to think of it like this. My God is my strength. My God is my bravery. My God is my invincible army. army. And I think he's got the forefeet. <laughs> and I've got the hind feet right in the path, the sure-footed path where I need to be. So no matter what the circumstances are that you may be going through, it doesn't matter. God's got a promise for it. Whatever that circumstance is, when we pull on that fruit of joy, and you have to pull on it. We're going to talk about that next. When you make the choice to rejoice and you rise up in joy, the strength, God, God's strength is there to carry you into victory. I'm going to give you some specific examples of people that I've seen that happen to in just a second. So the fruit of joy brings strength. Number two, I already gave you a hint. We need to make the choice to rejoice. You're not going to probably feel like it. If you're in the middle of a difficult time, you're probably not going to feel like putting a smile on your face and rejoicing. So it's a choice that we have to make. Pastor Tracy says, when she's, I remember when she was teaching on the fruits of the Spirit during LBI years ago. I still remember this. She said we need to purpose to do whatever that fruit is. We need to do it on purpose. And as we purpose to do 
what that, that fruit is and to take action, then it will grow in us. It will grow in us and it will become a habit. It will become part of us because instead of being that little seed, it's cultivated and it's developing fruit. So make a choice to rejoice. Psalm 16, please. The other night, it wasn't, wasn't last night, but it was the night before, I had a dream. I love it when God gives me dreams. And it was a God dream because I was teaching this. I was doing it really well, too, in my dream. <laughs> but this is one of the scriptures that I was just, just dreaming about sharing. And then i just been meditating on the scripture. So I think that this is one that he really wants us to sit and just, just let him speak to us for a minute. Psalm 16, verse 11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence is fullness of joy. That was the line right there. In your presence. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Lisa. Is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. As I was meditating on that and just talking to God about it, it was like I was thinking, how could you help but be in joy when you're with God? How could you help but be overflowing with an amazing depth, unspeakable of joy when you are in his presence? But it's our, our position to go to him, to be in his presence. So at the beginning, we talked about that, that um, um, sunlight, that holy environment, and that water, that intimate time with God. So going into his presence, talking to him, <laughs> reading his word and listening to him, meditating on his word, worshiping, worshiping, seeking him. That builds up that joy in a big way. I know whenever I've been in the midst of a battle, and I've been in a few of them, but when I, especially the last one, I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a minute. Um, this was my tool. This was one of my biggest tools to get out of fear and get into joy and peace was to get in his presence. And I would just sit there until, I mean, it was like, okay, God, here I am. <laughs> I need you. And I would speak of his love out loud. God, you love me. You love me. I know you love me. And I would worship him and I'd praise him and I'd just get in his presence. Fear hat didn't have any place there. It can't coexist with God and with the Holy Ghost. Had to leave. And the joy took its place. The peace took its place. So in your presence, in his presence is the fullness of joy. So if you're sitting here saying, Cindy, I don't feel joy. I've lost my joy. Seek him. Don't worry about seeking the joy. Seek him and you'll get the joy. Psalm 27, verse 6. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. 
Now, if you could see my Bible, I've got lots of writing in it. I've got lots of writing all over it, but especially on this page. Because this was a rhema word God gave me a couple years ago. The date, I have, I'll read what it says. It says, thyroid surgery, complete restoration of voice to teach and preach and sing praises unto God. Completed to 2011. This was a scripture that I stood on. Three years ago, I had a, a lump in my neck. You know, I'm sure most of you know I had um, melanoma cancer 11 years ago. I've been healed for 11 years. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Yeah, you can praise him. But three years ago, I got a, a mass in my neck. And um, when I had originally had the cancer, it was in all my lymph node system, including my neck. So when I got this lump in my neck, I had to fight it with with the word of God. I had to fight the fear. And I got a good report. I did have my thyroid removed, did have the mass removed, but I'm healthy, believe me, I'm healthy. But one of the things that happened after that surgery, and I know this was the enemy, but he tried to steal my voice. And it was six months that I didn't have my full voice. I remember I had the surgery on a Friday, and it was like, oh, Satan, you're stupid. Oh, are you stupid? You think I'm not going to teach? You're nuts. I was here on Wednesday. I had the surgery on Friday. I was here on Wednesday teaching illness recovery with a very weak voice. But I wasn't going to give up. I wasn't going to let the enemy steal my voice. Well, the, the, the issue came because I, and I won't go into details, but it uh, has something to do with the nerves, and I didn't have any um, variation in my voice. I only had one. It was very monotone, and I couldn't sing at all, not a lick, and I love to praise God. And I took several scriptures, but this is one of them, and I just spoke it. I said, I said, now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing. Couldn't sing. But I said, I will sing. I will sing praises to the Lord. And I offered God my sacrifices of joy. I offered God sacrifices, shouts of joy, shouts of praise, even though I couldn't sing. I tried when I was alone in my house. <laughs> I tried and I tried to sing. And I would just cry and cry, but I would still sing to God. I would offer him sacrifices of joy. Sacrifice means you give God your best no matter what you feel like. You give God your best. You've heard sacrifices of praise in a scripture in Philippians. This is sacrifices of joy. Giving him your best giving him your joy, saying, I love you, God. I know this is a done deal. And that's what I did when I would speak the scripture. I'd say, I know it's a done deal, God. I will be singing to you forever and forever and praising you with my voice. Strength, victory, offering God your sacrifice of joy, but we have to make a choice to do it. The third scripture I'd like to share is Philippians 4. This is, a, again, a very common scripture, but, oh, it's a yummy one. Starting with verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. The Apostle Paul wrote this scripture, wrote this book, wrote most of the Bible, but he wrote this book when he was in prison. 
Kent and I went to a teaching a few years back with Rick Renner. It was awesome. And it, the whole teaching was, we only got to hear him once, and he was going to speak in the morning and the evening. So we heard the prelude to the message. We never heard the message. But the prelude was awesome. The prelude was talking about the book of Philippians being called the book of joy. And Rick Renner went just into great depth the way that he does and talked about what was going on in the culture of the time and when Paul was here, the Apostle Paul. And he described in depth what that prison was like. And, the, and I'm not going to, I can't do it justice, but it was really, really, really bad. The miry pit was literally a miry pit of sewage that he was in, chained to his knees, raw sewage. I mean, it was very, very, very bad. And yet he wrote the book that's called the gospel, or not the gospel, the book of joy while he was in that situation. And he told us to do the same thing. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. Did he say after you get the good report? No. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I'm going to go to verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. I want to share uh, two different uh, ladies that I've seen this happen. I've seen many, many, many people live through this, but I just want to give you a couple of, of examples. The first one I'd like to share is Kim. Kim, raise your hand. Okay, everybody look around. See my beautiful Kim. Kim, stand up for just a sec, will you? This is Kim. See her pretty smile? See the joy all over her? Okay, Kim, you can have a seat. When Kim first walked into illness recovery, she didn't look like that. And she was still beautiful, but she didn't look like that because she didn't have joy. She came in with so much fear, and she could not even talk to me. Her mom, is Martha here? Yeah, Martha's here. It's her mom. Her mom brought her. And her mom did the talking because Kim couldn't talk, and Kim was just crying but it wasn't it wasn't a cleansing cry it was gut-wrenching fear cry she had been diagnosed with breast cancer and she was in so much fear just consumed 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 with fear she started coming to illness recovery she started being in a holy environment she started an intimate relationship with god on a consistent basis she started being fed the manna of the word on her own and in, in a place where she was receiving good teaching of the word. I remember um, she was in the midst of treatment. I remember getting a phone call from her. And I'm talking to her on the phone, and she said, Cindy, this, I, I don't understand this. I don't get it. But I'm in the midst of this really bad time with a cancer diagnosis and chemotherapy and all of the junk that goes along with that. And she said, I am filled with joy. I'm filled with joy. It just doesn't make sense. And I said, Kim, that's the joy of the Lord. That's not you. That's why it doesn't make sense. That's not something we can do on our own. But with God and with his strength and with his joy, and when that fruit is cultivated, that's what you experience. She had literally joy literal joy in the midst of that really tough time that really tough season so that's one person i want to share with you the second one is jenny is are you here jenny jenny lily 
Yes. Okay, everybody, look at Jenny. There's Jenny. She, she's a lifer, a life Christian churcher. You see her on Sundays. Jenny's another one. Oh, my gosh. This woman I, I just love. Jenny glows. <laughs> Jenny doesn't just walk into church. She glows into church. I love it. But she does. And she's, you know, fought a heck of a battle too. But same situation where she's been immersed in the word. But I have to tell you what happened about a couple of months ago. She was across the street at Illness Recovery. And she is in, she's kind of going through a lot of treatment right now and some pretty rough stuff. So her, you know, she's, she's been in some pain and she's been dealing with some symptoms and stuff like that. And that particular day, um, I didn't know exactly what she was going through, but I had a word of knowledge about a back that had a lot of pain. I didn't know anything that it was about. But Jenny, oh, she's not shy. She raises her hand. She says, that's me. I'm taking that one. So she raised her hand. So I went over to her and laid hands on her back and said a prayer. And I said, okay, Jenny, tell me, what are you feeling? And she said, she just glowed. She said, I feel great. I feel great. The pain's gone. She said, and this is what she said, I feel like dancing. <laughs> so I said, okay, girl, come on. I can't dance for the darn. We had no music. It didn't matter. We just hooked arms and we started spinning around the room and rejoicing and dancing. That's what rejoice is. Rejoice is just literally spin around and rejoice and praise God and be filled with joy. That connection between strength, between joy, and in a minute we're going to talk about faith. They're all connected. They're connected. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That joy just rises up. I see it all the time, all the time. I see people come in in fear. I see people come in not knowing what to do. But then God takes over. They let him, and this joy just rises up. It's fun. It's fun. Okay, number three. Number one was joy and strength are, con are connected. Number two was you have to make a choice to rejoice. And number three is that joy and faith are connected. Joy and faith are connected. When one is missing... The other one will fail. When one is missing, the other one will fail. As we, cultivate, as we cultivate the fruit of joy, your faith will be strengthened. So when we see the people in the world that, that are fighting stuff and, and they don't have joy, that's an indication of where their faith is. But it's probably because they don't know. That's why we need to tell them. They don't know the faithful one. Faith and joy are connected. Will you please turn with me to Romans chapter 5? Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Faith and joy are connected. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Okay, let me go back there for a minute. Therefore, having been justified by faith, by faith, by our believing, we are justified because we believe in Jesus. 
We've been justified. Just as if we've never sinned. We have been declared righteous. We've been acquitted. We got the deal. A really good deal. We've been justified by faith. Because we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God. We have reconciliation with God. We have no separation. We have. And that word have, that word have means we have, we hold and we enjoy. Because we're justified by faith, we hold and we enjoy peace with God through Christ Jesus. Through whom we also have access by faith into this grace. So we have access because of our belief, because we believe in the faithful one, because we believe in Jesus, our healer, because we believe we have access into the benefits. We have access into the grace in which we stand. And here it is. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We rejoice, and the word hope, confident, joyous, expectation. We rejoice, and we have confident, joyous expectation in the glory of God. Is healing the glory of God? Uh huh. Is getting a job when you didn't have one in the glory of God? Is getting into the house that your hearts desire the glory of God? Yes. Jesus came to give us an abundant life. So everything that's a part of that abundant life is his gift to us, his desire for us. Faith and joy are connected. Because we have faith, because we have accessed his grace through faith, we have joy we have confident joyous expectation even though it's snowing outside we have it because we know his word we know his promises we know the giver of the promises romans 15 verse 13 faith and joy are connected may the god of your hope May the God of your joyful, confident expectation so fill you with all joy and peace in believing, there's the faith part, through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit, these are the fruits of the Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound and be overflowing, bubbling over with hope with confident, joyous expectation. Faith and joy are connected. If you have no joy, your faith probably is not real strong. If you have lots of joy, like my friend Kim, like my friend Jenny, it rises up your faith. Your faith is strengthened. Your faith is fueled through that joy of the Lord. One more scripture. And then I have one more testimony. Could we have the, the um, musicians to come up, please? Save this one for last. This is Hebrews 12, too. Faith and joy 
are connected. This is an example of my Jesus. Your Savior, my Savior. Hebrews 12, verse 2. Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief, and is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. So in the midst of that circumstance, in the midst of whatever it is you're fighting, as we look to Jesus and the finished work of the cross, there's our faith. He's the, he's the birth of it. He's the finisher, the completer of it. But look at the next part. This just, this just makes me melt every time I read it. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus, with joy, he was filled with joy looking at the prize. He was filled with joy knowing that as a result of the sacrifice that he was choosing to offer through himself, through that sacrifice, there would be no more separation. Through that sacrifice, the love that he had for us would be consummated. So he went through ridicule. He went through the stripes on his back and the death on the cross with joy. Joy and faith, both seen in our Savior. I have one more testimony I want to share. Beth, where are you, girl? Beth, stand up. Everybody want to see that beautiful face. Beth and her husband, John. First of all, where's Carmela? Carmela's sitting right next to her. Thank you, Carmela. Blessed are the feet of those who speak of salvation. Carmela brought Beth. Carmela told Beth about our meeting. Where do you guys live? Yale. Yale. You guys know where Yale is? How far away? Tell us that much. An hour and a half. They've been coming to illness recovery for a couple of months. They drive an hour and a half. I texted her today because I knew I told her I was going to share her story. I said, are you guys going to be able to be here? She said, this is the highlight of our week. They've been coming. They've been driving an hour and a half for a couple months. Beth had gotten a lot of bad reports. Kind of reminded me of my story. You know, I got a bad report, then a worse and a worse and a worse and a worse one. And Beth had gotten some bad reports too. And then she came to know the truth of the word. Uh... I'm just estimating time, but it was about a month ago. Um, it was on a Wednesday night over there. I had a word of knowledge that I've, something I've never had before like this. I saw a picture of skin with dead spots on it, like blackish brown, round chunks of dead skin. And I had no idea what that meant. 
So I, I spoke it out, and I thought it was probably eczema or something like that. And Beth um, actually didn't even raise her hand. <laughs> and at the end of the meeting, I was talking to her, and she told me, she said, Cindy, the cancer that I've been fighting has metastasized into my skin. And I said, well, what about that word of knowledge? <laughs> I'd say that's for you. She says, but that's not what it looks like. It doesn't look like dark brown spots. It looks like red. It's just like a rash. And I said, well, it doesn't matter. Let's, let's pray and agree. I believe that was for you. So we did. I laid hands on Beth and prayed for her. That was on Wednesday. I got an email on Friday. And I could read it. It's on my phone. But I won't read it. I'll just tell it. She said um, she was in the shower. And she looked down at her skin and the skin looked like the word of knowledge that I had given. The cancer that was on her skin was dying. She said, yeah, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> she said, I know I shouldn't have done this because I was in the shower, but I started jumping up and down <laughs> with joy. She said, I got out of the shower and I was praising God with every word that I could think of to praise him with. And I ran out of words. Have you ever been there? Well, you, you just have so much love for him and so much praise for him, but you don't have the words to give to him. So she opened the Bible, and God gave her a beautiful word in the book, in the book of Psalms. I think it was Psalms, but anyway, in the Bible, a word that she could just continue to praise him. The next day was Saturday, and she had a PET scan scheduled. She went for that PET scan, and the PET scan confirmed the word of knowledge confirmed what she was seeing on her body confirmed God's word the PET scan yes praise him the PET scan said that the cancer was uptake was reduced if you've ever had a PET scan that means the cancer is dying and we know Beth just told me before I saw her at the beginning of this meeting she says the next PET scan gone and it doesn't matter because the Bible says it's gone but it is gone Amen. So this woman has been in this environment, this holy environment. She's been surrounded by people who agree with her. She's been in this intimate place with God. She's been taking the word of God and feeding on it. And that joy and that strength and that faith is just rising up in her. Amen. Amen. Okay. Teresa, you're going to love this. <laughs> I'm going to take a minute before we pray. We are going to have our ministry team here to pray. I'm going to tell you exactly. I've got a, I, This is a, the, another part of the dream that God gave me. That, so that I'm just going to do what I dreamed because I believe that that was from God. But before we do that, I have a declaration I would like you to repeat after me. First, I have a question. What has stolen your joy? Is there anything in your life that has stolen your joy? If that's the case, it's a lie. It's a lie. It's not of God. So I'm going to make a declaration. I want you to repeat it after me. Close your eyes. I choose to no longer partner with the spirit of depression. I choose to no longer partner with the spirit of heaviness. I choose to no longer accept a dark cloud hanging over my life. Father God, 
I hand to you joylessness. Father God, I hand to you depression. Father God, I hand to you a heavy heart. Just take a minute and let him take it from you. again, please repeat after me. Father God, I receive from you beauty for ashes. Father God, I receive from you the oil of joy for mourning. Father God, I receive from you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Father God, I receive from you strength. Father God, I receive from you victory. Good. Thank you, Father God, that my hope is restored. Thank you, Father God, that my faith is fueled. I make the choice to rejoice in you today, tomorrow, and forever. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Okay, ministry team, will you please come up? This is how we're going to close today. I feel, I wrote three words down. Impartation of the spirit of joy to be released and activated. Impartation of the spirit of joy. It's already in there, guys. To be activated. 